from Australia. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. Yes, it's the national news for week commencing October 30 in the good year 2022. I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. In today's news, WIA President Scott VK3KJ joins us, WIA Secretary Peter VK8ZZ and calls for board nominations, so stay tuned. Well, it's only a week to go and the Tassie Ham Radio Conference and Expo has shaped up as a huge weekend of inspiration, education and promotion of our wonderful hobby. More later with a focus on the huge Expo lineup. Thanks Justin and the Reese crew. Now, here's our President. Many thanks, Graeme, and greetings to all that tuned into the WIA broadcast this week. This is WIA President and Director Scott Williams, VK3KJ. The WIA working group that is developing the WIA's response to the ACMA proposal on class licensing and high power have been busy at work considering all aspects to our pending submission. As part of this process, the WIA will be releasing an electronic survey to both members and non-members in the coming weeks to capture information and the broader views of the amateur radio community. If you are not a member of the WIA, look out for communiques that will appear on our website and social media platforms where you'll be able to register your interest to receive the survey when it is released. WIA members will not need to register and will automatically receive the survey based on information held on the WIA database, MEMNET. Once the survey is released, it is expected it will take 8 to 10 minutes to populate. Text fields will also be provided in some cases to capture additional comments around specific areas, but it's really important to stay on topic. Once all survey responses from members and non-members have been compiled and the WIA has made its submission to the ACMA, the WIA will release the outcome of the survey either in the form of a submission summary or a webinar which will be held to brief the amateur radio community. Make sure you look out for the survey in the next week or two. The WIA is pleased to announce that it will shortly release guidelines and a non-exclusive licensing agreement to allow members and affiliated clubs to officially use dedicated WIA logos. The WIA continually receives requests to use the WIA logo and it's been decided that members can use the WIA member logo in areas such as QSL cards, on your QRZ webpage profile, your own website, email signatures and a range of other mediums. WIA affiliated clubs will be able to use the WIA affiliated club logo on merchandise such as shirts, hats, club websites and stationery. The WIA corporate logo will be strictly reserved for WIA corporate use only and the pending guidelines will clearly show you which logo can be used and where. The non-exclusive licensing agreement will form part of the membership renewal process and upon renewing your membership, a 12-month licence to use the applicable logo will be extended to you. Clearly, 
if your membership ceases for any reason at all, you will need to cease using the logo where reasonably possible. On a final note, the WIA would like to confirm the board have approved the following members that will be joining the recently reconstituted Education Committee. They are Liz Billalar, VK2XSW, who will also act as the interim chair, Peter Cossens, VK3BFG, Chris Huggins, VK3QY, Amanda Hawes, VK1WX, Jan Van Eckeris, VK2FEB, Irene Van Eckeris, VK2VAN, Harry Edgar, VK6DOC. This newly reconstituted committee will kick off its first meeting in the near future and will also develop a new terms of reference that will be approved by the board that will help shape its future direction. If you're interested in joining the committee now or into the future, make sure you send a message to the National Office expressing your interest to nationaloffice at wia.org.au. I'm now going to hand over to Graeme to continue this week's broadcast. Stay safe and well. Best regards, Scott, VK3KJ. Thank you, Mr President. And it's north now, north to Darwin and VK8ZZ, WIA Secretary Peter. Pursuant to the constitution of the Wireless Institute of Australia, the board has determined that the election of directors shall be conducted by ballot. Nominations open this week on the 1st of November 2022. Four directors retire at the conclusion of the next annual general meeting, which will be held in May 2023. Namely, Scott Williams, VK3KJ, Peter Clee, VK8ZZ, Greg Kelly, VK2GPK, and Peter Schrader, VK4EA. Each retiring director is eligible for re-election. Nominations are called for from persons seeking election as a director of the WIA. A director must be a voting member of the WIA, must hold an Australian amateur radio licence and a company director identification number. Any person wishing to nominate as a candidate for election as director of the WIA must deliver or cause to be delivered to the returning officer by not later than 2pm on the 16th of December 2022, a nomination form which is available on the WIA website. A link is provided in the text edition of this broadcast. Candidate information will be posted online and emailed to members. Members are requested to ensure that their email address is correctly recorded on the WIA membership register. Nominations received by facsimile or by electronic means cannot be accepted. This has been authorised by John Marshall, WIA Returning Officer. The Tassie Ham Radio Conference and Expo is happening next weekend, the 5th and 6th of November in Hobart, Tasmania. Our presenters on the Saturday are putting the finishing touches to their masterpieces as we speak, and so we thought we would focus on the Expo on the Sunday. As mentioned earlier, ICOM will be debuting the IC905 at the Expo on the 6th, and we have been lucky enough to see a sneak preview of this impressive little unit. Why not come along and see what all the hype is about? ICOM will also 
have a large range of their own products that you can see and talk to the engineer about. A huge thank you to ICOM. The other vendors at the expo include All About DX, and there will be a huge hex beam above the expo attendees' heads in the studio theatre. Alara, DX Systems, Hobart Hackerspace, ICOM of course, JCAR, Little Devil Antennas, the Northern Tasmanian Amateur Radio Club, Reist, Rotarians of Amateur Radio, Spook Tech, Summits on the Air, Volunteer Examiner Australia, WIA and Worldwide Flora and Fauna. There will also be at least eight pre-loved tables. In fact, we have over 30 tables booked. Our raffle prize pool is huge and can be seen on the link in the text edition of the broadcast and the only way you can get a raffle ticket or three is to register to be in person at the conference and or expo. There are well over 150 people coming along from all over VK and ZL and there is still one day left to book if you're thinking about coming along. We will be accepting walk-ins to the expo on the Sunday and we'll have facilities to pay via card. It all happens at the University of Tasmania Sandy Bay campus with plenty of free car parking and only a short 20-minute car trip from the airport. Registrations are preferred and for more information and those registration links, please visit the email edition of the broadcast. We look forward to seeing you all in Hobart next week. 73 from the Tassie Ham Radio Conference and Expo Organising Committee. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, international news with Jason, VK2LAW. Hello. Leading this week's international news from Region 1, EMF assessments in the UK. From the 18th of November, all UK amateurs are required to have conducted EMF assessments for all the bands they use. The RSGB provides an assessment app which includes many current antennas. Certainly worth a look at the link in this week's edition of WIA National News. News of a silent key and the word to the worldwide DX ham community is to plant a rhododendron. Peter Tigerstedt, Oscar Hotel 5 November Quebec and Oscar Hotel 2 Bravo Mike now silent key. Amateur radio in Finland has lost one of its giants. As a visiting professor in many parts of the globe, he always became integrated with the local amateur radio community, a great example being Whiskey 9 Yankee Tango, the University of Wisconsin. Peter was one of the pioneers at both ends of the HF radio spectrum, 160 metres and 6 metres, and his contributions to both were significant. Peter was a mentor for a large portion of the younger Oscar Hotel contest generation and maintained an impressive multi-station Oscar Hotel 5 Zulu at the Mustilla Estate as its host and sponsor. Now the OH5Z groupers lost their father figure. When not involved in the many facets of amateur radio, Professor Dr Peter Tigerstedt, Oscar Hotel 5 November Quebec, was a world-renowned scientist plant brooding expert and Professor Emeritus at the Helsinki University. He was perhaps most famous for being the founder of the rhododendron breeding program at Mustilla Arboretum. Hams Worldwide are asked, if you wish to remember Peter and honour his legacy, perhaps you can plant a rhododendron, particularly PMA Tigerstedt named after him. They grow to reach impressive heights, much like everything else Peter did during his lifetime. Speaking of Silent Keys, a nice one from our Polish friends. Silent Key Memorial. 
The Polish PZK has announced an initiative to commemorate their silent keys. The Sierra Papa Zero Sierra Kilo Mike Memorial Radio Station will be active on the 80-40-22 metre bands with CW, SSB and FM emissions in the period from the 1st to the 6th of November 2022. Operators joining the action establish contacts with SP0SKM during which they provide the call sign of the silent key operator which they would like to commemorate. Amateur Aircraft Maker Although this story contains reference to avionics, it's really all about a chap in the UK who made a flying machine in his Essex backyard, the ultimate home build. Ashok Alassarill Tamarakshan built the four-seat South African-designed Sling TSI aircraft under the very watchful eye of the Light Aircraft Association, the UK representative body that oversees the construction and maintenance of home-built aircraft under approval from the UK Civil Aviation Authority. Each stage of the project had to be signed off by an inspector before he could move on to the next task. The Light Aircraft Association completed around 12 inspections in total. The first flight, some 18 months after the backyard build commenced, was conducted by a test pilot who gave the 320000 Australian dollar aircraft the official tick of approval. The sling kit was less than half the total cost, but engine, propeller and the avionics system soon added to it. In news from Region 2, Special Event Station commemorates Lake Superior tragedy. Even if you're not in the United States, you may have heard of the tragedy of the freighter that sank during a storm in 1975 in one of the Great Lakes. The vessel's story is being told again with the help of the Special Event Station as we hear from Cell MB KZ3TZD. The ship was the pride of the American side, coming back from some mill in Wisconsin. In the state of Michigan, the story of the tragedy cannot be told enough. On November 10, 1975, an American freighter, the SS Edmund Fitzgerald, was sent to the bottom of Lake Superior. The crew of 29 lost their lives that day. That story will be shared once again between October 30th and November 13th by members of the Livonia Amateur Radio Club, K8UNS, as they operate as special event station W8F. This is Cell MB, KB3TZD. Thanks, Cell. News from Region 3, Life 4, VK3QI. VK3 Quebec India Peter commenced work with the VK3 QSL Bureau in 1988 sorting a backlog of some 100,000 QSL cards when the then WIA Victoria Division took over the management of the Victorian Bureau. Peter continued within the Inwards Bureau until 1998 when he took over the Outward Bureau. Averaging at its peak some 20,000 cards per year, Peter, VK3QI, has single-handedly undertaken this task for over 20 years. He recently retired from this position and, at a recent AGM, it was unanimously moved at the ARV bestow life membership on Peter for his work with the Bureau. President of Amateur Radio Victoria, Tony Hambling, congratulated Peter and presented him with his certificate. Astronomers have never seen anything quite like it. On October 9, Earth-orbiting satellites detected the strongest gamma-ray burst in modern history. GRB 221009 Alpha. Just how strong was it? Well, it caused electrical currents to flow through our surface of our planet, 
Dr Andrew Klekacik of Tasmania VK7 recorded the effect using an earth probe antenna. I'm a climate scientist at the Australian Antarctic Division. That's my day job, says the good doctor. VLF is my hobby. I started doing VLF radio measurements in the 1970s when I was in high school, and this is the first time I've detected a gamma ray burst. Dr Andrew's unusual ham rig uses Earth itself as a giant antenna. In his back garden, there are two metal spikes struck into the ground 75 metres apart. They're connected to a radio receiver via insulated buried wires. In recent years, amateur radio operators have been experimenting with this weird kind of antenna to detect VLF radio signals circling our planet in the Earth Ionosphere Waveguide. Earth's crust forms one of the waveguide's walls, allowing the Earth probe antennas to detect distant transmitters. For VK1 WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. Now, contest wise 2022. This weekend, it's the SSB Leg of the CQ Worldwide Contest. Expect a lot of activity in the contest segments from top band through to 10 metres during this gruelling 48-hour shouting duel. The SSB leg is on now, October 29 and 30. The CW leg is on the weekend of November 26 and 27. Speaking of CW, also this weekend for our most fraternity is the Central Siberia DX Club's Ham Spirit Contest. The goal is to improve amateur operating skills by conducting two-way radio communications with as many amateur radio stations around the world and from as many ITU zones and square fields of the QDH locator as possible on the HF bands. October 29 at 0600 hours UTC, ending the 30th at 0559 hours UTC, on 160 metres, 80 metres, 40 metres, 20 metres, 15 metres and 10 metres. WIA VHF UHF Field Day, Spring. 0100 hours UTC, Saturday 26, through 0059 hours UTC, Sunday 27 November. DX Window. Listen for a job. Operating from Aruba with the call sign P40DA. From November 13 through to the 27th. QSL via the Dutch QSL Bureau to his home call sign which is PA7DA. For direct QSL information, see his QRZ.com page. Listen for Oleg, who hopes to be on the air as ZS7ANF, from Ulsfang, runway in Antarctica, sailing on November the 1st. QSL details are on QRZ.com again. The one to work is ZS7ANF. VK9C and VK9CM, Cocos Keeling De-Expedition News. VK9CM from Cocos Keeling Islands, OC003, between October 26 and November 3rd, on 80 to 10 metres, possibly 6 metres. They will also use the call sign VK9C during the CQ Worldwide DXSSB contest this weekend. QSL both call signs via EB7DX or LOTW. Another operation from Cocos Keeling and Christmas Islands will use VK9C a few days earlier, 25-27, and VK9X from Christmas Islands 
These two DXCC entities, VK9QO on the QO100 satellite, between October 25 and 31st. October 25-27, Kyrgyz Keeling Island, VK9C, October 28-31, Christmas Island, VK9X. QSL via LATW and EQSL, as well as paper QSL, will be handled. QSO with VK9QO is valid for the Jamsat 50th Anniversary Award. Malawi. 7Q6M is on the air until November 29 on 160-6 metres. Also this weekend, CQ Worldwide DXSSB Contest. QSL to home call, K6ZO. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Hello, welcome to the segment. First up, it's Ham's Halloween, just the spirit. Ralph Squillace, KK6ITB, joins me from Karen Eve Murray's Amateur Radio Newsline. If you look at the photos on his page on QRZ.com, you'll notice right away that Kiefer Hunniford, K3IFR, doesn't exactly have a shack that you'd call a bare-bones operation. Well, Halloween has changed all that. His wife, Ari, is a big fan of the holiday and recently brought home nine skeletons from the local Home Depot. Some of them are now scattered around the couple's yard, and a few are hanging off the roof of their house in various poses. The luckiest skeleton of the bunch got the highest visibility of all. Kiefer has mounted him on his antenna, and the installation required, yes, you guessed it, only a skeleton crew. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. It's congratulations to VK6MJ, who last Wednesday, the 19th, conducted a successful Aris Tallybridge hookup from WA to Canada. Chief Whitecap Elementary School, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, was the lucky school who, thanks to Martin, VK6MJ, a PhD research student at Curtin University and retired teacher, contacted the ISS with crew member Josh Casada, KI5CRH, using the call November Alpha 1, Sierra Sierra. This coming Wednesday, the 26th, another opportunity for an Aussie station will present when they attempt to put the same ISS crew member in touch with Five Bridges Junior High School, Stillwater Lake in Nova Scotia, Canada. Richard Branson's small satellite service provider, Virgin Orbit Holdings Incorporated, will be doing its first launch from European soil within five to six weeks, its founder said last week. Virgin Orbit can launch satellites into space from anywhere in the world into orbit at a day's notice, Branson said during a press conference in Milan, Italy. We are doing the first launch from European soil into space from Cornwall, he added. Worldwide Special Interest Group, military. And for this story, all I need to do is just go down the street a bit and catch up with fellow Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club member, Bruce, VK3FFF. Few have heard the tale of Watertown USA patriot Jim Monroe Bradley, a man born with a birth defect that kept him from serving in the military, but who aided his country during World War II using his ham radio so that families could hear the voices of their loved ones, soldiers, sailors, marines and airmen who were convalescing in hospital overseas. 
Bradley wanted to help the families of the wounded soldiers. He put word out there to these families that he could transmit, receive anywhere there was fighting overseas, and if they wanted to, they could come to his house, recalled Edwards. He mainly heard from these families by letters. He would locate the wounded soldier first, then get the actual patient on the radio, but he had to go through others, and sometimes it took several days to reach the patient, mostly at hours late at night. He would stay up all hours of the night patching people through. Thanks, Bruce. And as they say in the services, well done, that man. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Rescue Radio, Government House Services Reception. On Friday evening, October 14th, three Wyson New South Wales members attended a reception at Government House Sydney on behalf of VRA Rescue New South Wales. Wyson members attending were Neil Falshaw, Malcolm Alexander and Simon Brown. There were a number of New South Wales services represented, including Rural Fire Service, Fire Rescue New South Wales, New South Wales SES, St John's Ambulance, Corrective Services, Army, Navy and Air Force. The reception was hosted by Her Excellency the Honourable Margaret Beasley, ACKC, Governor of New South Wales. This weekend cancelled. Well, the Hawkesbury Classic Paddle is. As a result of ongoing safety concerns for paddlers, land crews and volunteers, what with the state of flooding in VK2, a decision has been to cancel this year's Classic. The Hawkesbury Canoe Classic Association has taken this decision in consultation with safety network partners, including New South Wales State Emergency Service, Marine Rescue New South Wales, Wyson New South Wales, together with first aid and physio teams. This decision revolves around the condition of the Hawkesbury River itself as a result of flooding, together with the damage caused to the infrastructure at the land-based safety checkpoints along the river. This month's flood, a lesser event than the March and July floods, was the fourth flood in the region this year. The event is planned to return next year. Amateur Radio Club members assist law enforcement. The Wayne Amateur Radio Club in the US manned a 30-foot-tall mobile observational infrastructure protection unit, or Skywatch Tower, at Ohio's Wayne County Fair. Staffed by specially trained amateur radio volunteers, the tower provided 24-hour surveillance, monitoring and a record of activity on the fairgrounds, including medical emergencies, lost children and other situations where help may have been needed. Captain Doug Hunter, KE8JNH, of the Wayne County Sheriff's Office, was impressed with its performance. He said the tower gave volunteers a bird's-eye view of the midway that allows one person to see from the air what four or five people can see from the ground. The observation deck is equipped with state-of-the-art video equipment that provides situational awareness in places where there are large crowds in attendance. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Yota. School Amateur Radio Club Network. An Amateur Radio Victoria initiative under the expert guidance of Julie, VK3FOWL, and Joe, VK3YSP. With the details, here's Alec, VK2APC. For us young hams, School Amateur Radio Clubs are a neat way to get in an extra shot of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, also known as STEM. This helps us exercise our on-air conversational skills while turning up our inquiring minds. It will expand our horizons, build our confidence, harness creativity, and help develop new skills. Each week there are different activities to whet your appetite. SOC members learn to work together as a group and to help each other through some pretty exciting challenges.
Visit the site we like, the SockNet webpage, a part of the Amateur Radio Victoria site, and easily found on the SockNet.org. This site is for school principals, teachers, parents, students, and amateur radio enthusiasts. It provides inspiration, ideas, articles, news, and activities all free to download, modify, and use as you wish. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Alec, VK2 APC in Sydney. Now back over to you, Cole. Thanks, Alec. And I should also add Joe and Julia, also active participants in SOTA and Parks programs. And that's it for me for another week. Until next time, please stay safe, especially those in flood-affected areas. And remember, never drive through floodwaters. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Cole, VK3 GTV. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide and surrounding areas via the linked repeater systems, it can be heard on VK5RAD on 147.000 MHz at 0900 hours on Sunday morning. I am Alan, VK5, Mike Alpha Kilo. And now, the November social scene. In VK7, November 5 and 6, the Tassie Ham Radio Conference and Expo. The same date, November 5, in Gladstone, it's the Tannum Sands Gathering. In VK4 also, the Gold Coast Ham Fest. That's at the Country Paradise Parklands, November 13. And Rosebud Radio Fest, November 20, in VK3. Now, till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB with the usual reminder, walk softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.